The Evolve with Pete Evans podcast is a conversation about my favorite ingredients for a healthy human experience. We take an informed look at topics that include nutritional and emotional well-being as well as expanded consciousness. I love exploring the topics that are not traditionally taught at school and take a deep dive into them with my special guests. I invite you to sit back and come along for the ride with an open mind and heart and please share with your family and friends as these podcasts may just be the seed from which many things will flourish from. Cheers. We've been using Waters Co. water filters for the last 10 years and I wholeheartedly trust my family's health with them. Waters Co., established 1977, have personal and domestic water filters, which turns your ordinary tap water into great tasting, alkaline, ionized mineral water, which removes up to 99.9% of fluoride, heavy metals, chemicals, and bacteria, so you can love your tap water again. The Bio 1000 is the latest edition of the BMP 1000 model and the culmination of over 40 years of experience and research into water filtration by some of the world's leading scientists. Waters Co. was first to market with natural gravity-fed systems, creating alkaline water way back in 1984, and have continued to lead the market in research and development, setting the benchmark for all other brands to follow. Please go to my webpage, PeteEvans.com, to learn more and to receive your special discount from my link on the products page. You're going to love it. Alex, thank you so much for joining us once again, my friend. How are you, brother? Good, man. Good, good, good. Very good to see you. It's been a couple of months. So um, I'm glad to see the temple. I'm glad to see the bowl. And of course, the goddamn Bitcoin standard behind you as well. Very nice. Very nice. Well, Impressive. But what about the black singlet? I mean, this is this is how we... Oh, okay, our- okay. And the black singlet. <laughs> Do you know what? We're back- I... <laughs> I have the black singlet underneath, but it's too cold here. I'm being a pussy. So I've got my Bitcoin eating the world singlet. <laughs> I mean, uh, hoodie. I'll never forget the first interview that we did. I think you were in a black singlet and I thought, okay, here we go. This is, uh, this is, this is, <laughs> this is a brother that I could relate with. And, uh, and I thought, so I, have a, I have a water black tank top for any of our podcasts. I did one podcast with uh, Dr. Tommy John where we did it topless. <laughs> and I thought that was quite fun because <laughs> he likes to uh, he he likes to express himself as with as little clothes as possible. And and um, yeah, after our first conversation where you rocked up in, in your tank top, I thought he's a guy that I'd like to get to know a little better. <laughs> We are bonding over wife beaters. I love it. <laughs> or, or is that too politically incorrect to say these days? <laughs> I, I think we're beyond politically uh, correct speech, my friend. So um, where yeah, are you? Where are you in the world now? Where has is, where is, uh, Alex ended up? I'm, I'm in a re- relatively insane part of uh, Central America this time. Um, so we'll be here for... A little while longer, um, and then yeah, haven't haven't entirely decided where next, but um, we shall see. We shall see. I'm keeping, um, I'm. I think one of my things for 2022 is becoming a little bit more private. Um, because, yeah, I I, I don't think the the clown world simulation is going to get any better. Um, you know, all sorts of things are starting to fall apart, and I think. Yeah, I I probably made the mistake of being a little bit too public over the years. So I'm thinking about becoming a little bit more private. 
I think about that every day. <laughs> Yet here we are. <laughs> Yet here we are. Here we are doing another podcast, right? <laughs> another, another podcast to uh, solve the world's issues. And uh, well, who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe the censoring is going to do us like you know a favor. They'll they'll just completely fucking ban us, and then you know we'll get all of our privacy back. Maybe that's the silver lining in this whole fucking shit show. Is that we just get completely wiped off the internet and we don't have to fucking worry about it anymore? I have thought about that, and um, you know, it's interesting. This morning I had a surf, and um, it was good fun. And then I popped into the the landscaping store on the way, which is why I was a little late to um, to start this interview. So I apologise for that. But um, that's right. You know, my morning consisted of catching good waves and then talking about mushroom compost and uh, the best way to look after the the plants and and get the best yield out of out of our vegetable boxes and i've got to tell you and then coming to have a conversation with you i'm living the best best version of my life that i ever have mm-hmm. and it's it's <laughs> everything is fitting so nicely together and and it's interesting because i do have that thought about what is 2022 going to bring and what are we going to manifest and i think it's been a a wonderful year and a half two years of this pandemic in in some aspects i mean would you wish this to have happened on a global scale no but i can see the the positives that are coming out of it And, and equally if we want to call it call it the negatives that are that are coming out of it but Without the last year and a half, two years, I wouldn't have learned about Bitcoin. I wouldn't have uh, gotten myself into a position where hopefully we can be as self-sustainable as possible. And to mm-hmm. actually see all of these systems starting to, I don't know, I'm not sure whether the word crumble is the right word, but for the mass population to be able to start seeing what is what is going on in the world, whether it be subtly, whether it be unconscious or subconsciously, I'm sure most people now are thinking something's just not quite right with the reality in which I thought I was living in. And I'd love for you to explore that as somebody that's been in the Bitcoin space, crypto space over the last however many years and the health space, where you see 2022 leading, apart from maybe you being a little bit more private. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I want to pull on one thread there that you mentioned about the, um, the I, I guess, effectively the silver lining of the shit show, right? And I, I, I think about this a lot. Um, and... I was on a pod a little while ago. It, it actually brings two podcasts to mind. So I did a, I did a clubhouse uh, session, um, which was, you know, the, the sort of the, the audio thing that is kind of like dead now. But I did a clubhouse session about, it was near the beginning of the year. And, and I remember, um, who's that physicist? Fuck, his name is um, one of the Weinstein brothers, um, Eric Weinstein. Um, he, he jumped in for a little bit. Um, and during that session, someone asked the question about, you know, is Bitcoin inevitable? And, and the question was, 
is um is bitcoin like the, the question was framed as is bitcoin succeeding is bitcoin success going to be inevitable right like is is this where we're going to end up um and breedlove was on there there was a couple of us on there and you know breedlove sort of answered the question initially he said look yeah you know bitcoin's already won um it's just a process of us discovering that win right that's the that's the process that we're in and then i piped in and i answered it in a slightly different way i said you know what bitcoin was also inevitable uh, in its discovery in the same way as the discovery of fire was inevitable um, or the discovery of the atom was inevitable or the discovery of nuclear fission was inevitable. It's like as a species uh, becomes more intelligent, you know, and, and taps into its sentience, um, it has to discover energy money, which is the, the best way to think about what Bitcoin is. So, so in that sense, like, if Bitcoin was inevitable, um, and it's not only its inception, but it's uh, you know inevitable. Uh, it's sorry, not only its its inception, but it's um, its ultimate sort of um, you know flourishing. If they're both inevitable, it then begs the question of: Is this transition phase also inevitable? Um, and you know the, the question that follows from that. And this is on the second podcast that I'm sort of thinking of where I was on. Someone asked me, you know, about the, the clown world that we're in. And I sort of said, well, if someone stopped for a moment and said, hey, in order for the world to go from a fake money standard in which we can't make accurate value judgments, in which we live based upon false models and false profits and false ideas and false everything, um, in order for us to transition from that and to, to transition onto a standard in which um, you know the the map represents the territory where human action uh, is encoded in something sound like Bitcoin, where where the actions we perform and the behavior we have have some sort of relationship to the you know to the resources, the time, and the energy that we have. You know where we've got some bounds, where we have the rise of individual responsibility, etc. So, if we want to go from this world to this world, and the price you have to pay is living through the crumbling of the old and a complete fucking mindless, you know, shitstorm um, of people, you know, suffocating themselves with five face diapers, you know, while they're walking on a treadmill inside of a gym and, you know, like whatever other stupidity we're going to see, like, would you pay that price? And I just hands down without hesitation said yes. Um, so so to, to, to your point, I guess the, the thread that, um, I wanted to pull on is for many of us that have been very loud against lockdowns, injections, fucking masks and the rest of the shit, we've actually had a really good period. Like we have, you know, we've either built businesses, we've built audiences, we've met people, we've done all this stuff. And when we get up and rail against the stupidity, it's not because it's affected us materially. In fact, like we've had a pretty damn good year and a pretty damn good couple of years. But, you know, we kind of rail against the madness that's going on and try and sort of show people, hey, look at what the fuck's happening here. Um, wake up. But I think in many ways we're willing to, to persist through this because subconsciously or innately, we know that this is the price we must pay in order to transition. Um, and I think that's, that's such an important point because it kind of links into that inevitability of a human species has to, like 
in order not to blow itself up, um, in order not to obsolete itself through the creation of some sort of, I don't know, whether it's a fucking AI that either adopts our values or um, looks at us and sees our collective values as moronic and decides to wipe us out, you know, like either way, um, you know, the, the, there's, there's a couple of, um, there's a couple items on the, on the menu of the great filter, right? Like this, this concept that a sentient species doesn't um, manage to get to what's called a type one civilization because it wipes itself out, right? It's either someone presses the red button, you know, and nuclear Holocaust, an asteroid hits us an AI wipes us out, or we create a dystopian gulag, um, a technocratic panopticon dystopian gulag where we, you know, destroy the human genome and we wipe ourselves out, right? So it's like those four risks get really, 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 really heightened at the point in time where we are now, where we have unlimited fake money, where we can use that unlimited fake money to fund unlimited stupidity, which has no basis in reality. Um, and we can literally fucking wipe ourselves off. So it's like, we're at the point of the great filter, but you know, we, we fucking stumbled on or were given or were blessed with, you know, this discovery of Bitcoin, um, as a way to progress through the great filter. And now, um, you know, it's going to be a tumultuous period. Like we're going to have to see dumbness around us all the time, but we're going to have to stay, you know, grounded stay focused, stay centered, et cetera, and not be distracted and, you know, venture forth through that shitstorm um, until we come out on the other side, uh, you know, to, to, I guess, build, create or manifest the world that we want. So anyway, rant number one, <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting you talk about the asteroid because uh, Nick and I, my wife, we were having of, a, of an evening we've set up um, the wellness retreat and we've got an infrared sauna, we've got an ice bath. So that's our, that's our uh, sunset protocol pretty much every day and, and we're blessed to be able to do this. Mm -hmm. we, 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 we have a good sweat in the, in the sauna, then we go into the ice bath, have a really five degrees Celsius and, and do that for three minutes and then uh, warm up and then back into the sauna and back. But she was reading a book by... One of our previous guests on the podcast, a, a fellow called Freddie Silver. Freddie Silver is a investigator and researcher of ancient ancient civilizations. Um, interest, very very interesting. But she was reading his latest book last night in the sauna, and pretty much it had come to this point where many people believe in his field, and scientists believe that. The cataclysmic event is coming potentially in 2030, give or take, of the comet or the asteroid hitting. So she's reading this to me. And just that morning, I'd seen the new Leonardo DiCaprio film that just launched on Netflix as a trailer talking about the comet that's coming. So, so we watched that last night and, and it, was a, it was an interesting watch because all the, all the standard... Uh, Hollywood elite were in there, Jennifer Lawrence, um, Ron Perlman, uh, Meryl Streep, um, Leo, as we've talked about, and many, many others talking about this, this comet that they found, which is coming to, to destroy the Earth. And, and what we're talking about was these synchronicities about how 
that when we have a thought and people put into place these ideas about the future, and I'm reading Brave New World at the moment because I've never read it before, and, and we often discuss, like, because we have the thought of the idea and, say, Huxley or Orwell wrote something down, is that part of our manifestation process where, where we can, and I'm going to jump into the world of psychedelics here, when, you, when in my experience, when I've taken some pretty big journeys, very deep journeys, whether it be ayahuasca or toad, the best way I could describe it is, is I enter the world of infinite possibilities or the infinite possibility realm. And it, it sounds fucking wacky until you've experienced it. And there was one time in Costa Rica on the third night of, of drinking ayahuasca, I was in that infinite possibility realm and I, it was just so overwhelming. And this is just prior to the pandemic where I had the, the experience in there of what potentially is coming and it was so overwhelming that humanity would have to go through this transitional period of extreme darkness extreme suffering extreme pain and then there's part of me where i come out of that as like because i witnessed that in that journey am i now co-manifesting what's happening on the planet and as it's i'm going on my tangent here which is sort of all over the place but where i think i can lead you into a question is with the bitcoin with everything that you're saying you know there is so many infinite possibilities in this realm that we can manifest and bitcoin seems to be something that is manifesting into our reality because more and more people are seeing the potential way through this. So I guess my question to you is what do you believe in, in manifestation for yourself and for collective consciousness in the way that um, we take responsibility for it? It's a big one. Sorry. All yeah, over the shop. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No? Yep. All good. All good. I so so a couple of things there. I try and avoid um, the term collective. I, I think the term collective is a you know can really lead us down the path of um, basically collectivism, which is everything that Huxley and Orwell and Ayn Rand and everyone warned us about. And it's basically the whole banner of we're in this together that we're all you know like c collectivism, socialism, communism, all that sort of stuff. Like all these things, they they stem from this idea of the collective. Um, and and what what I think that does is it um, it discredits the importance of the the individual, um, you know, and and the individual's uh, in, the individual's consciousness and the individual's capacity to create in um, in their local ecosystem, and then what impact like a butterfly effect does that have? Like what ripple effect does that have on the rest of uh, humanity? So at any particular point in time. Human beings as individuals uh, performing some sort of action, and that action is predicated upon um, a, a value judgment that they've made about whether or not I should do this action. Like, you know, you stare over your balcony and you either breathe in the fresh air and look at the nice, you know, scenery, and you walk back in and you do something, or you jump off the fucking balcony. You know, each one 
um, has a ramification and has ripple effect on the um, on, on the world later. And and that process of creation, I think, you know, I, I've never the the you know the idea of law of attraction and all that sort of stuff has always rubbed me the wrong way. Um, you know, I I'm a believer of the the law of creation, and the law of creation is that you build and create, and bring into being that which you you know imagine. And and for me, that's a that's a more accurate. I guess at least engineering-wise, deterministically accurate way of uh, describing manifestation, as opposed to it being something that we um, imagine and you know it, it comes to us. Like it's it's more of something that we create and we we bring into the world um, through some form of uh, action that is predicated on value judgment, that is predicated on a intent, right? So so there's a nice. Um, connection all the way through these things so so i guess um if we look at bitcoin through that lens it ties into what i said earlier about the inevitability of bitcoin is that we if we look at you know the collective which is made up of a bunch of individuals right society is a is is a collective there's no way i guess to escape the collective but when we try and analyze the collective as some sort of homogenous um, entity, that's where we go wrong. So, so the only way to understand society is to understand the individuals that make up the collective, not to try and label and to analyze the collective itself. So if we look at the individuals that are within society and we then you know, take a kind of like a macro view of that and we see that we have this complex system in which the individuals that it's made up of are performing more often than not, poor or fraudulent actions because they're not able to accurately measure the um their input, right? Because the money is fucked up. So so the money is supposed to help us measure whether we're doing something good or bad or stupid or intelligent, right? Um we're we're not doing that. And every single person's action is slightly skewed. Like if I use a Jordan. Peter-esque um, thing here is like he talks about the definition of sin. The sin is to a sin is to miss the mark, right? So if we're all slightly missing the mark, and every single person slightly misses the mark, you create this cascading effect where the entire fucking world, the entire collective, is missing the mark. And in doing so, nature, as with all other complex systems, it tries to correct. Um, so when you like, you know, when you introduce something into the body, so if we use the body as a complex system that we both understand quite well, you introduce a foreign substance into the body. The body is this kind of uh, system in dynamic equilibrium. It fucking gets something, whether it's an injection or a drug or a bad food or something, and it tries to correct. And it, you know, in many cases kind of overcompensates or, you know, it tries to route around, but its its goal is to find that homeostasis, that dynamic equilibrium again. That is how complex systems function. So if we look at the world as a broken or a, a complex system that has been injected with a poison, and that poison is fiat money, Bitcoin is a correction at a, at a macro scale of that. It's a manifestation by some individuals within the system noticing that there is a poison in here, like the white blood cells. This is like I've written in the past an article called Bitcoin as the white blood cells of, of humanity, is that we're the white blood cells and we're trying to correct the system because we see that there's a poison here and it's destroying the body of humanity. Um, and we are trying to 
route that cancer and clean that shit up so that um, you know humanity can function, at least operate uh, on a more um, natural course, on a, on a course that is more in balance or in homeostasis or in equilibrium with its surroundings. So, so I guess in that sense, um, you know, we have manifested or created Bitcoin um, and I guess being a force for its emergence along the way because we as individuals have been, um, I guess, thoughtful, intelligent, um, creative, sensitive, intuitive enough to know that there is a poison flowing through the veins of the body of humanity. Um, and it is our duty as the white blood cells to do our best to try and, um, you know, fix that, solve that um, through a natural remedy, which is, you know, Bitcoin. So anyway, th does that kind of answer it? I've tried to like... Yeah, it does. It, it, it's interesting because even the, this morning in the surf, you know, we've moved nearly an hour from the beach now, which was a big move for, for me, especially because I love going surfing. And so my morning now is getting up earlier so I can drive for an hour so I can partake in one of my passions. But I saw the bigger picture to be self-reliant. So we had our own water supply, our own food supply, our own power supply yep. for what's coming or potentially what's coming. Mm -hmm. And it's a smaller mm -hmm. sacrifice to make, I think, on the long term to be able to drive for an hour for a surf. And so I pulled up this morning and it was pretty shitty out there. I've got to say it was onshore. It was, it was wishy-washy. There wasn't many people out. And I had the choice. So I go out because yesterday was one of those perfect days. It was three to four foot and just offshore and just magic. And this morning I've rocked up and go, yeah, fuck. I just drove for an hour to turn up to slop. <laughs> but then I had the choice and I was like, my intuition was like, no, 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 you need to go out there. And it was so fascinating because when I went out there, I had a much better surf than I did yesterday when it was perfect out there today. And, and I did a oh, little, okay. little uh, talk on my telegram after the surf. And I said, my, my purpose out there today was to find the beauty in the chaos or to even mm. my, my mm. Virgo-ness, if you believe in star signs, I, I like perfection, but I actually thrived in that condition today more so than yesterday in the perfection. I actually thrived as a surfer and a, as an individual communing with nature today more so because it was so random out there. And for some reason, I love to be in those conditions where it's it's so it's so random and to find that that as you were talking about they there is a system even still when it's quite wild in the surf there's still a system out there where you can tap into and today i was uh, what i would say was i was really in the flow yesterday i was so out of the flow because i it was so bizarre it was perfect but i was out of the flow today not perfect in the flow and it really gave me Mm -hmm. time to mm -hmm. contemplate that out in the surf today and then for the hour drive on the way back I was like I, I love learning more about myself 
in these situations where it's a little bit more difficult or a lot more difficult to, to, to find the path. And I've had that in the cactus journeys before. I was like, you kept choosing the fucking dark, deep, dark path on that, that psychedelic journey. But what you, <laughs> what you, what you gained from that was invaluable knowledge about yourself in these things. And I know that I'm going on a, on a tangent there, but it just makes so much sense that I love the idea that it. I mean, you said it so perfectly. We're, we're trying to correct a broken system, so to speak. Um, but maybe the system isn't broken. Maybe we just need to find the beauty in there and find the, the intelligence and find the truth in these systems. Um, what I wanted to ask you was, well, oh, you go. No, I was just, just going to say it's, you know, broken is just the, it's just a question of magnitude, right? Like it's, you know, it's how, how broken um, is something. And the thing is, um, as with all natural medicines or natural remedies or natural processes, it, you know, the, the idea is to not look at something um, in isolation is to try and look at the system holistically. Um, and, you know, for, for me, Bitcoin is like a, is like a holistic cure because humanity itself is not broken. Unlike what the, you know, what the lizard people and the Klaus Schwabs and everything would like to have you believe, you know, in, in their mind, you know, humanity is broken. Humanity is a cancer. We need to replace her with robots, with machines and with fucking brains plugged into vats. Right. And to me, that is the height of fucking arrogance, the height of stupidity. Um, and it's the height of a weak human being um, who wasn't satisfied with their own life, wanting to impose their inadequacies on everyone else. You know, the, the Bitcoin side of the equation says there's, you know, humanity is an incredible fucking species that is on a process of growth. And should we successfully tie our behavior to natural law and order, we can fucking reach the stars. And that's the idea of like, you know, Bitcoin. It says that human beings are creative. They're incredible creatures. You know, they, they, can, they can create, they can manifest, they can love, they can produce, they can build, they can engineer, they can solve problems. But when the tools that they're using to do that are faulty, like you can't build a fucking house if the tape measure that you're using is like an elastic band, because then everything that you're going to build is going to be wonky and retarded and the house is going to fall down. So it's not that the person building the house is fucked, it's that his tool is fucked. And that's kind of the analogy here is that, you know, we're all doing our very best to try and build something of value in our individual lives that you know, in the process of us building, it has those ripple effects and, you know, everybody else is building something of value has the ripple effects. And, you know, and there's this sort of this interconnected intersubjective reality where we all are affecting each other in some way, shape or form, but in the pursuit of that, which matters to us as individuals, when doing that with a broken tool, like a fake money, we don't know what we're doing. We don't know the value that we're adding. No one else can measure it on the other side of the equation. So it's just mess. And we're, we're building a broken fucking house that is going to fall on top of us. So the, and this is the problem here. It's like someone comes along 
And the Bitcoiners are like, hey, man, your tape measure is broken. You're, you're using an elastic band with a as a tape measure. Your house is going to fall down. And people are like, no, you're a fucking idiot. My, my elastic band is fine. And then Klaus Schwab comes along and says, hey, you are the problem. We will annihilate you and inject you with 69 you know, fucking boosters and put your brain in a vat and you'll own nothing and be happy. Um, and that's how we fix the broken house. It's the wrong fucking method. And that's what I think, like, you know, I, I've not found a community nor a thing in the world today that is more human in nature than, you know, than, than what Bitcoin is. Um, and that is, again, like this, to, to tie it into what I initially said there, it's like, it's, it's a holistic remedy um, to a infection that is currently prevalent in the body of humanity, right? Um, and yeah, to, to tie that back into holistic medicine, et cetera, is like, you know, when you, when you try and fix a problem in isolation, like you, you would have seen this many times with people who've got either heart problems or cholesterol problems or fat problems or skin problems, you know, like skin, skin is a great one. You know, you don't just apply fucking creams on your face, you know, never ending. You fix your diet and that brings you back into balance and all of a sudden your skin's better. Like, you know, putting makeup on ain't going to fucking solve the problem because it's just a topical thing. So, so this is, this is where we need to, I think for me is, I don't know, there's such a, there's such a deep seated principled view of um, fixing, you know, the, the core problem um, that Bitcoin represents versus trying to artificially um, put band-aids over the symptoms, which is what the, what the traditional world is doing. Um, it's kind of my rant there. I did want to say something about the point earlier, but I'll, I'll let you, because I'm actually trying to look for a publication where I wrote about this. So I'll let you reply to this first before I come back to the other thing. Well, since we spoke, I think it was two months ago or six, six or so weeks ago, um, what I've witnessed in the Bitcoin world, if, if there is such a thing called the Bitcoin world, but some of the main players um, that are tackling this or raising awareness. I mean, we've got Michael Saylor who ended up on Tucker Carlson having an interview on Fox talking about that was awesome. yeah. Bitcoin being, being a, a solution there. And, and basically he orange-pilled uh, the Fox viewers, whoever chose to watch that, and Tucker Carlson as well, which I thought was... Um, was a huge milestone. We have um, Jason Lowry from Space Force. I'm not sure if you're aware of his uh, orange pilling in mm -hmm. regards to um, <laughs> in regards to war and the machine of war. And the other quite prominent one that I saw was the president of El Salvador, fucking just dropping some pretty massive massive orange pills or just just bombs on his twitter um and and then the last one that, that um i saw was quite interesting this week was uh, elon musk um exploring i mean he's he's such a interesting cat that uh, i'm not exactly even sure i i find him just such an anomaly such an entertaining human being that um 
I think he likes to play in the aloof, mysterious, <laughs> mysterious way. But they're just four examples of people promoting, or t- maybe not promoting, but talking about Bitcoin in a very different way. And it feels like we have. It's like how how my my interpretation of it is there's more and more people standing up to talk about Bitcoin and make it aware, coming at it from very different angles. And and I want to get your information your take on this as well, because you've been watching the players for a long time and yourself being a large a huge player in this in this grand awakening or great awakening of Bitcoin as well. And yeah, your take on on these different um, avenues to orange pill the world. Yeah, I mean th- that right there is an example of the fact that um, Bitcoin touches everything, um, and th- this is like for me one of the things. It's like the it's the it's the classic meme of Bitcoin being the rabbit hole that never ends, right? Like once you start going down the Bitcoin rabbit hole. It never ends. Like you can, for the rest of your life, you could study and examine Bitcoin through the lens of just physics alone, or just computer science alone, or just philosophy alone. I mean, you know, people have built fucking careers around this entire thing. Like Breedlove is is a good example. You could look at it through the lens of mycelium. Like I think you and Brandon Quidham, I think, caught up and did a did a pod. I'm pretty sure you guys did that one. Um, so you know, you can look at it through that lens. You can look at it through the lens of like life, um, you know, which Gigi has done extraordinarily well. You can look at it through the lens of war, which Lowry is doing well. Now, I, I disagree with Jason on a couple of things. Like, you know, his like recent one where he, I think he was completely fucking wrong is this idea that, um, you know, Bitcoin mining fees are a tax, like, you know, it's, which is a completely moronic fucking viewpoint. Like, you know, that the, they're a voluntary payment, not a tax. But anyway, that, that's just more of a, more of a semantics of, um, definition than it is of anything else but you know his angle is extremely accurate in terms of bitcoin as a as a force multiplier and as a um as a as a tool for um for projecting force um across time and space so it's fucking incredibly accurate sailor's interpretation of bitcoin as energy there's another guy john cavallo who i'm going to do a podcast with soon um he's he's a really og bitcoiner doing some incredible stuff about like building um webs of trust and abstracted layers on bitcoin that will enable all sorts of other products and services enable basically the inversion of uh who owns and holds their own data in order to log into and interact with other services. So at the moment, for example, when you log into any service, they hold your um, your information, your, you know, your KYC, your, you know, your license, your password and all this sort of stuff where he's working on a model to use um, a, a, an abstracted layer of Bitcoin and public private key cryptography where you hold that and you just sign in with a key um, and it's kind of like um, that you get access to the platform without having to give up anything. Um, so it's privacy preserving and all this sort of stuff. So anyway, John Cavallo sees it as um, sees Bitcoin as a game, and you know, basically it representing what human beings do, which is human beings play games, and in order to play functional games, we need to be able to keep score to understand how to get better at the game and how to progress and what to do and what not to do. And one of the, you know, that, that analogy I really love, because if we look at society as a game of, 
the you know the productive progress and you know the you know adding value you know moves you forward um when you break the the points system in the game like through fiat you know no longer are you rewarded uh in the game for producing or creating something or adding value you're rewarded by becoming a better politician or by you know getting closer to the central bank or whatever so it skews the entire fucking play um, so, so Bitcoin is like a correction of the great game of life. So, so there's all of these different things. And this is like, for me, I, for the last couple of years, have been a very avid science fiction reader um, or listener, really. I don't, I don't like to read science fiction. I love to listen to it on Audible. And one of my favorite, favorite, favorite series, and I fucking recommend everybody read this, like, is the Hyperion series by Dan Simmons. So there's four books. There's Hyperion. The fall of Hyperion, Endymion, and the rise of Endymion. And honestly, I think everything from like the Matrix to, you know, elements of Bitcoin and all this sort of stuff um, were inspired by this guy's um, four books. They're absolutely fucking incredible. And they just take you on this epic journey across multiple worlds and, you know, into multiple things. But um, in there, like, um, oh, what was my... What was my fucking point? Um, God damn it. Pete, help me out here. <laughs> we, we were talking about all the, all, the, all the different people with the uh, perception of bringing awareness to Bitcoin and what it means to, to humanity pretty much with everybody coming at it from sort of a different point of view. Yeah, sorry. Yes, my, thank you. Mind virus. So... The, the idea of a mind virus, like I'm sure you've heard that term, like actually came from this book um, or from this series is that he popularized the idea of a, a concept infecting everybody, um, which then creates the change that society requires. So in there, like, um, you know, the, the protagonist uh, is, well, at least in the latter half, the protagonist is a, is a girl who is, um, who is, the she's she's born um to a mother who is a human and a father who is what's called a cybrid which is um an ai construct of a human um and she kind of brings the two worlds together um and her teachings or her philosophy become the um the mind virus that spreads through all of the worlds and um allows humanity to basically to detach themselves from this um, from this technology called the um, the, cru the cruciform, which keeps them under bondage, basically. So, so, so in that sense, Bitcoin is very similar to the mind virus of that book, and it is infecting every single layer of society. It's infecting, you know, I infected you with it, right? And you've infected. X amount of other people with it. You know, Laura is infecting people. Breedlove is infecting people. Sailor, Tucker, all these people. Like we're all infecting it. And this, this, is, this is the difference between an organic, naturally emergent phenomenon versus a top-down forced phenomenon, right? Which is basically fiat money. Fiat, fiat money or fiat controls or, you know, fucking stupid injections or lockdowns, they're all top-down. They're all a decision made by one or two individuals or a committee that is then imposed on everybody. It's not chosen from the ground up. Versus Bitcoin is literally, do you get paid 
fucking tell anyone about Bitcoin? No, you don't. But like the virus has captured you and you see something of value in it and then you spread that on. And that's that's the it's it's such a different place, man. It's like literally on the other side of the spectrum. And you can't fucking beat that. Like this, this is what the you know, the the top-down statists and clown show operators and the shit coiners and all that sort of stuff. This is what they don't understand. Like, you know, Jack Jack Dorsey, since he's left Twitter, it's been fucking hilarious. He's been He's been burning the VCs. He's been burning the retards. You know, he unfollowed very publicly, like the the um, the founders of Andreessen Horowitz. He publicly unfollowed um, the founder of Coinbase and the the Winklevoss, and he's fucking publicly mocking Zuckerberg and Gates. And like, it's fucking hilarious. Um, and it just proves my point that you know when we talked about you know Jack uh, a little while ago, on, you know what side he was really on, right? So as soon as he left Twitter. Um, you know, he got to be the Jack that he wants to be. Um, and Twitter's obviously turned into even more of a shit show than it was before. But um, this, like, they, no matter what they, no matter what they do, um, you know, we, we have the groundswell on our side. And for the central, the centrally planned, um, or, or, or the the people who believe in central planned models, they're kind of like the image I think about is you know that meme where you got the guy on the on the beach with the broom and he's trying to like hold the waves back with the broom, <laughs> like that that's what they're sort of facing with this thing that is Bitcoin is like it's infecting every layer, and they have no real allegiance to their existing system. You know the 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 statists. The police, the the federales, the government, the politicians, the bureaucrats—they don't really have an allegiance to the organizations, the institutions that they're representing. They just do it because that is their best chance to get the most for them. But at some point, they're going to realize that their best chance to save their own fucking skin is to drop the dollar, to drop the institution that they're representing. And to come over to fucking Bitcoin because it's their only chance for survival. And that shift is going to happen so fucking quickly, all of our heads will spin. So anyway, that, that's a really long-winded way to say, um, yeah, there, there is the, the groundswell is picking up. And Bitcoin's ability to be associated with so many different dimensions, it's basically unlimited. I don't care if you're a fan of psychedelics or if you're a fan of law or if you're a fan of technology or if you're a fan of energy or physics or fucking computers, whatever, you will find an analogy or a something to associate Bitcoin to it. Um, and that is an unstoppable force. Beautifully said. I want to, uh, yeah, and thanks for bringing up Jack Dawson too. I, I forgot about him. <laughs> he's, been, he's, been, he's been having some fun over the last month, that's for sure. The, um, the question yeah, I yes. have, oh, there you go, Black Singlet. There we go, brothers. The, We're um, on. We're on. I want to ask you about the, the president of El Salvador and yeah, the, the balls is that the right word? The balls that he's got with what he's calling out. I mean, it, that's authentic, isn't it, in your opinion? And where does that lead with one country's president uh, actually just fucking laying it out there so heavily, so quickly? Yeah. Um, 
I look. How do I say this? Um, I think Bukele is a um, a very seasoned uh, and very intelligent and very um, very capable politician. But he's also, I think, a good. Um, he's got an entrepreneurial mindset, or more, more probably, more accurately, maybe not so entrepreneurial, but more like a marketing sort of um, mind. He's, he's a very good marketer, um, which means a lot of the stuff that he's saying. He's he. I mean, all the politicians know it's true. We all know it's true. Everyone fucking knows it's true. Um, and what he's doing is he's using that to rally and gather support um and he's doing it because like i guess what, what we want to be careful to do here is not conflate what he's doing for some altruistic reasons like you know for the good of humanity or for the good of the people or for the good of society right like that may be the case but the beauty of it is that it doesn't have to be the case for it to have a net positive impact Okay, so a lot of people will say, oh, yeah, but, you know, he's a dictator, he's an authoritarian, you know, he's just doing it for himself. And my counter to that um, is that good on him. Like, if I was the fucking leader of a country right now, I would hands down be using um, whatever marketing angle I can, which is calling out bluffs, calling out stupidity, calling out liars, doing all that sort of stuff. I would be aligning myself with Bitcoiners. I would be... I would be acquiring Bitcoin. I'd be trying to put my um, the country that I rule over. Let's just say I'm a fucking dictator. I rule over this country. I will mandate the fuck out of Bitcoin so that I can give my country an, a third option, right? Because his only two options prior to Bitcoin was to be under the thumb of the US or to be under the thumb of the IMF. So now I've got a third option. And in that third option, I get the benefit of aligning myself, even if it's for selfish purposes, I get the benefit of aligning myself with fucking trillions of dollars of capital that is coming into Bitcoin. I get the benefit of aligning myself with probably the smartest people on the planet, with the most intelligent, the most creative, the most out there thinking people on the planet. I get to, you know, enrich myself. So, so it's like all of these things end up being a net positive irrespective of whether he's doing it for altruistic reasons or if he's doing it to be an authoritarian um, dictator or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's still a fucking good thing. And I think this is where we need to, um, you know, where people who are like, you know, trying to poo-poo him, what they don't get is that um, we need to move beyond this idea that, first of all, the idea that democratic rule is even a good thing. Like that's democracy is one of the biggest fucking scams ever perpetrated in history. I'm actually writing a piece about that now called Bitcoin is not democratic. It's going to be a three-part expose on the stupidity that is um, that is democracy. But more, more importantly is that, yeah, Bukele, whether he's got balls or whether he's doing it for marketing or whatever, the net result is more people are waking up, more people um, are hearing about Bitcoin, more people are using Bitcoin, more people are becoming independent by virtue of this um, mind virus spreading through him as well. Um, and the net result is fucking good. There's, I, I don't see any downside of it at all. One of my questions is that, you know, 
I think we discussed this probably a decade ago when we we met in um, health food store back in Bondi. Was that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought it was inevitable that people would work out that the dietary guidelines were corrupt and that a scam. Yeah, yeah. Once. I mean, the science was there that if you eat whole foods and you have good quality fat and protein and from well-sourced animals and organic foods that, you know, 80% of modern illness would vanish, which would change all the systems, you know, or change the pharmaceutical system, industry, change the medical industry, change the agricultural industry, change the political scene, blah, blah, blah. You know, I was that naive and I was like, fuck, we're here. Like, this is just going to spread like that mind virus that you talk about and that within five to ten years everybody will now know the truth and be putting into action the things that will feel good (laughs) and give them the energy and yet every year that passed it felt like it was going the opposite way when i'd go to the airport or visit a city or or go through through a town i'd be like yeah holy fuck we're not there yet. <laughs> and, and it was it, it's been challenging for me as a as an individual that you know championed this for so long. You know, I, we still eat this way a decade into it because it's like, fuck, this works. And this works, it's so beautifully, it's so simple, and it's 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 really fucking easy. Um and when you talk about the mind virus, so I've had that experience where I was like, yeah, this is just going to spread word of mouth because, I mean, we we had 100,000 people do our program and most of them were Australians and New Zealanders. And I I shared 3,000 plus positive stories over the few years that people were sharing their stories of success with us. And I was like, yep, it's happening. It's just going to spread. But it didn't. (laughs) So, so when I look at Bitcoin, I'm like, I I could say the same thing, but Bitcoin feels a little different because it's coming at it, as I mentioned before, from so many different angles. And as you said, it it penetrates nearly all the systems. So Mm. should we be optimistic about, like you said at the start, the inevitability of Bitcoin? Or in 10 years' time, I'm like, yeah, fuck. (laughs) We're still, we're still, we're, we're actually going the other way. Yeah, I think I think we can be very optimistic because I guess the the, the health movement is downstream to the money movement, um, and th- this is where it's like we um we, we we need to get to the the core of it, and the reason why um the health movement has so much uh, resistance is because the pharmaceutical movement and the Monsanto movement and the fake food movement, um, which are the counteractive and the counterprevailing forces, they are so close to the monetary spigot. So they can, they can be artificially funded and they can fight a war of attrition that we can't beat, right? Like we can sit there and we can literally show people, hey, this person swapped from eating fucking Cheetos to eating whole foods and look at him, he's healthy. Um, we can show all the evidence that we want um, and, you know, we can we can do the groundswell thing like, you know, the, the, the ground up, like bringing people over to our cause because we, we are accurate and we are correct. But for every dollar we make, they print a thousand. Um, 
and they basically get a thousand x return on you know their fraud versus the one x return we get on our truth so the beauty of bitcoin and this is why it wins in the end is that it hits them where it hurts most is that when we opt out of dollars or euros or whatever you know insert shitcoin fiat currency um, and opt into bitcoin we actually weaken them directly um, because they are only left with two options print more of a of an ever more increasing sorry print more of an ever decreasingly uh worthless currency so i'm saying that fucking wrong hold on my english is really bad print more of an ever increasingly worthless currency you know or fucking buy bitcoin to survive so so that's that's the that's the dilemma that these people have now at the moment is that they they're like they're going to be over the next 10 years and, and this is kind of why i at least i do what i do with um with jumping on podcasts like this with writing with everything else is that i much prefer people like you me the ones listening to this podcast the ones that are doing the work on themselves i much prefer we hold as much of the bitcoin as possible and when the time comes you know as the tides shift and like really accelerate i mean because the tides are shifting anyway like bitcoin's gone from like i always have to remind people bitcoin's 50,000 US dollars at the moment for a single bitcoin it was zero 13 years ago zero okay it was a fucking idea um that that is incredible in and of itself so so if that's not a success i don't know how else to measure a success right so 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 bitcoin's already succeeded to that extent but the real success still hasn't come yet and as that happens i much prefer we sort of hold the bitcoin as opposed to the the big players and that they get stuck chasing less bitcoin for more dollars because they were so arrogant that they thought they could um beat truth basically because what what are we on the side of we're on the side of fucking truth and true diet true relationships true um communication true speech etc 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 and you know the the ultimate tool now is we've got true money and because true money will prevail in the end because everything is really economic in nature like this is something that i don't think people appreciate enough is that when you even when you look down to the level of you know biology and physics and chemistry and everything it's all economic in nature like every decision that any organism makes whether it's a human or whether it's a fucking cell is about where to allocate time and energy right and that allocation process that this definition that uh that designation process is actually an economic process like and and the feedback that you get when deciding where to allocate your time and energy is an economic bit of feedback so so like that is economics sits at the base of everything like philosophy psychology you know health diet biology chem everything stems from economics first and understanding you know economics first and foremost and and i don't mean like you know the economic shit that they teach you at fucking university i'm just talking about like basic economics the allocation of time energy and scarce resources right doing that accurately and having that rooted in something that is um that is tied to 
the fundamental laws of fucking physics, um, i.e. Bitcoin, means that it's like we have gravity on our side and the the clown show that we're competing against um, is trying to prove to us that there's no gravity by asking everybody to jump and close their eyes um, and say to themselves, there's no gravity, there's no gravity, there's no gravity. Um, and at some point, you know, enough of who remain are going to realize that gravity is actually a real thing. Um, and, you know, the, the truth will prevail. And those who push back against it, like they will lose out so hard economically speaking that they become irrelevant and they don't have the resources to fight the war of attrition that they've been able to fight on every other front, like health, like the media, like, you know, um, technology, like Silicon Valley, like all that sort of stuff. It all becomes obsolete because we've starved them of the nutrient that enables them to continue perpetuating a fraud. That That's why, like, for me, it's the, the, the this is not going to show any signs of slowing down. It's only going to fucking speed up and it's going to speed up in direct, um, you know, inverse proportion to the level of clown show that we we have in the world is like the more the clown show gets stupid the more bitcoin will accelerate <laughs> it, can it get any more stupid i mean seriously the the i mean i don't we don't have a television to watch um <laughs> free to wear or mainstream media but uh, i have a look at the news sites sometimes on my phone and computer and it's 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 beyond the circus now like the circus is it's the circus of the circuses now i think and yeah well uh, like the ridiculousness of what is being said is becoming more absurd by by the minute by the minute it is every yeah. time one of these speak talking heads opens their mouth in the mainstream arena. It's <laughs> it, I, I don't even think it, it there's it, no it, words. Yeah, I, I'm speechless to it these days because it's it's just it's beyond belief. It's beyond the 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 joke. It's and I, where can that go to? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I try to look at it from a from a logical, intelligent point of view. Like if if they were there a year ago, and I remember the the interview I did with with sixty Minutes with Liz Hayes last year, and and she said, "Do you believe there's a pandemic?" I said, "I said from what is being spoken about at the moment, it would seem that way." But I said, "Time will tell whether that was an, an accurate description." of what we are actually witnessing and living through. And, you know, fast forward to the end of, you know, it's New Year's Eve today here in Australia and, and you know, I think people can draw their own conclusions as to whether it was or it wasn't <laughs> a pandemic. But when I look at this, I'm, I, I'm like, how far are they going to take the absurdity? Like, where will this end with the, I mean, Israel today announced the fourth jab. 
um, as a as a yeah. As, and the flurona. Yeah, you hear about the yeah, I did. But, <laughs> but just the insanity of how many hundreds of thousands of people got tested in Australia yesterday for for it, and people lining up for hours upon hours upon hours to be tested for something like. <laughs> like help me out here the insanity i mean i i see it as it, it's insane behavior of human beings there, there's no other way i can i can construct the thought in my mind well, that that it is just pure insanity but if it's insane now this is what this is and they're stepping at how much every day can i get yeah yeah like I, I, and it brings me back to Batman, and I think it was Batman 3 with Christopher Nolan where they've got Bane in there and and I'm, I'm sure it's Killian Murphy or Cillian Murphy or however you pronounce his name, where they've got everybody on trial in, in <laughs> and it's just the, the circus is the insane are ruling the asylum basically. And... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is is that where it's going to get to? Well, th- this is this is the ramifications of two things: of democracy and of um, of a monopoly on fake money, right? So it's like this is what it gives you. Democracy is basically better um, better defined as the rule of the incompetent by the incompetent, um, because there's always like the competent are always the minority, right? Um, and democracy, you know, by definition, is a is a majority rule, um, and it is one in which the minority funds the um, the system, and wealth is redistributed to the the mindless masses and the idiots, basically. Um, so therefore, you have, you know, the, the people who are in charge. Like the, the best way to think about it is this: democracy in five easy steps. Step one. Um, Hold on, I've actually got this written down. I want, I want to read this out correctly because it's it's just fucking hilarious. Um, where are we? So democracy in five easy steps. So take take one dollar from a productive person and lose one vote. Then go find five people and promise them 15 cents each and you gain five votes. You keep the difference. Um, you get voted into power as the supposed representative of the people. <coughs> And then to stay in power, you blame the productive person for still having another dollar left whilst you promise him protection from the jealous masses who only have 15 cents each. Right? So that that is like the process of, of democracy and wealth redistribution, et cetera. Now, it gets even more fucking retarded when you, um, you mix in the so-called consent of the masses uh, giving the right to some central authority to print uh money which is how we're all supposed to measure uh, value right and then when you talk about mindlessness like in a real economy that has consequences um if people went and spent all of their time trying to get tested for something they didn't even know they had they would go economically bankrupt and they would starve tomorrow okay and they would very quickly change their behavior to doing something more productive. But in a society in which the government can mandate that this has to happen and B, then uh, 
give handouts to shut people up and C, tell businesses that they must perform these checks and do all this sort of stuff. Like they can fraudulently continue to do this until until the point that the money, that, that the, the fuel that gives them their capacity to do all this stuff literally runs out of steam. And that only happens like hyperinflation has been talked about by so many people, but I don't know if it's ever been really well. Well um, articulated or defined as you know, people say hyperinflation is when too much money was printed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But really, what it is is like a, it's a complete loss in confidence in the issuer of the money. That's when a hyperinflation event occurs. It's the it's it's the point at which you know, it, and it's almost like a it's like a gradually then suddenly event. It's like people all of a sudden it's like, nah, fuck it. There's, there's no amount of money you can give me. I am not giving you my eggs. I'm not giving you my time. I'm not giving you my beef. I'm not giving you my, um, you know, my shoes. I'm not giving you fucking anything. There's, there's no amount of paper that you can give me that I will trade with you for this. And that's the moment that shit really begins to shift. And that's the moment where the government falls apart, right? It's because then, then they can't pay their uh, enforcers anymore. They, you know, when the government can't print its way out of a problem, they are categorically fucked. And that's why, obviously, they all hate Bitcoin. With a passion, because this is the one thing that they can't fucking print any more of. Um, so, so they're really fucking scared of it. Um, and you know, I think at least to answer your question about like um, how much stupider can the clown show simulation get? Unfortunately, just looking at where we are um, from a trust perspective, like there are still way too many lemmings out there. We still haven't got to UBI. Like, wait till UBI comes in. Like, that's things are going to get even fucking stupider at that point, right? Um, U- UBI like, is I, universal I, I, basic income just for everybody that doesn't yeah. understand. Yeah. For me, that's like the the final probably nail in the coffin. That's when we know we're kind of like at the end of times. Um, and UBI will have to come in as kind of like a it'll be an intermediate fix so so my my prediction and let's see how right this is over the coming years is that things are going to start to get really really bad in 2022 right um inflation will really start to take effect um you know people start to lose more confidence in the dollar in their respective uh, fiat currencies because re- the real economy is breaking um and the fake economy that they keep you know plastering with fake numbers and fake money is you know going to start to produce cracks people are not going to believe it anymore because you know you can show someone a you know a bank statement with a bunch of zeros but if they can't buy any bread then you know the reality starts to hit home so that shit's going to start happening and then what the government's going to be forced to do is UBI they're going to have to say well the greedy capitalists and the greedy entrepreneurs they've been raising the prices on you the people um because you know you want food and they want profit so we are going to introduce price controls this is you know ussr communist vibes that that's going to hit and number 2 they're going to say that we are going to give everyone a free paycheck so that you have enough money to survive now that will reintroduce a little bit of confidence in the system for a short period of time and that'll stave off um, a you know a hyperinflation event in the short term, um, but then very quickly beyond that, um, when the inflation of the goods catches up again and the UBI that they were giving out isn't enough, um, and you know the 
they have to give more UBI. You know, it'll start off with maybe a thousand dollars a month, then it'll be two and a half grand a month, then it'll be five grand a month. And as that runaway train starts to sort of accelerate and they get into deeper and deeper shit, that's when the thing really starts to break down. So unfortunately, I think the the clown show is gonna probably continue a little bit longer. The um there there will definitely, definitely be an attempt to tie um UBI to a central bank issued digital currency. Um, in which case it'll come with conditions like, are you vaccinated? Did you wear your mask on the train today? You know, did you fucking, what did you say on social media? Like blah, blah, blah. And, and, and that's really the, the, the race where we're up against is that we want to make sure that enough intelligent, functional, productive, useful human beings are holding Bitcoin so that we have the economic capacity to operate on our own without needing the rest of society um, in order to function. And, and that's sort of like there'll be a separation, there'll be, you know, a hyperinflation, there'll be all sorts of weird shit. So anyway, sorry to be so fucking morbid, but, um, you know, it's, uh, I think the clown show is going to get worse. Um, and yeah, we, we, we know we're at the tail end of the clown show with UBI. I think that's the real big signal. Um, and, and I still think we're maybe a year or two or three away from that shit. Mm. Well, that's a good way to finish 2021 anyway, brother. And um, I look forward to having you back <laughs> in, in 2022 where we can uh, go a little bit deeper down, down some more of these rabbit holes. I want to tell you that um, I've loved having you on the podcast over the last year or so and uh Always value our time together, brother. I love you and I hope you have a wonderful uh, New Year's Eve and New Year. Thank you, my friend. Look, the the feeling is definitely, definitely mutual. I've, um, I'm have i so glad that I, w- I was in Brazil at the time and I was like, fuck, you know, I've got to reach out to this bastard. You know, I haven't spoken to him in so long and, you know, I'm hearing all the stuff he's saying and we're fucking agreeing. I got, I got an orange feeling. You know, it was like one of my... One of my things, I remember having it on my to-do list. It's like, you know, hit hit up Pete, hit up Pete, hit up Pete. I gotta do it. And yeah, I just want to thank you first and foremost for being like, you know, the the human that you are, but also for being like the the brave individual with enough integrity to get up and say what is real and what is true, irrespective of the um the scam consequences that um that have been you know laid upon you for just getting up and saying that one equal you know one plus one equals two that's literally all you've done this entire fucking time and um yeah i'm i'm really glad that what started as like a you know me reaching out as like a you know little attempt to orange pill you has actually turned into a really meaningful um meaningful you know, series of content, which honestly, man, I, I think many people that I know personally now have reached out and said, look, what you've done with Pete, like fucking literally transformed the way I view the world. And yeah, I, I just want to say thank you, buddy, for, for this, because it's been, it's been a beautiful experience. Thank you, legend. It means a lot to me and um, same back at you. And uh, funnily enough, I can still surf, I can still eat beautiful food, I can still hang out with my family and my wife and uh, still create business and entrepreneurship and, uh, you know, nothing's really changed. It's just a little different, little bit of a different focus now. So thank you for uh, the education and I look forward to coming back to the School of Alex. <laughs> See you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> the 2022 edition. <laughs>
<laughs> Love uh, it. Bye, buddy. See you, mate. Bye. The information, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast should not be treated as a substitute for nutritional, medical, or other advice by a qualified professional. Guests in this podcast express their own opinions, experiences, and conclusions. Nothing in this podcast should be used to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any medical condition. Neither Pete Evans nor any sponsor endorse any views, opinions, or conclusions expressed or shared in this podcast.